Hello, this is the Manifesting Your Dreams, a wedding industry podcast. I'm your host, Raquel Bickford. I'm a creative entrepreneur, a mom, and a wedding industry professional. When I started my wedding planning career, I had nothing, but I knew I had the edge to grow in this incredible industry and establish my name. I remember feeling and still do, I would do anything to be one of the best wedding planners in the world. This podcast is about establishing your goals and manifesting them into a thriving career in the wedding industry. It's also about my personal aspirations and struggles, hearing from other industry professionals and their experiences, and setting your ego aside so that you can attract and receive greatness. You can expect to hear from me each week. I will share with you actionable steps you can take to build a thriving business and connect with other incredible human beings in the wedding industry, no matter where you are. I started this podcast because I feel a great purpose to share my insights, encourage you to push through your comfort zone and help you elevate your mind to exceed your potential in the wedding industry. I hope you learn something, laugh a little, and feel inspired as you go through this next chapter in your life. Now set your ego aside. It's time to manifest your dreams. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Manifesting Your Dreams, a wedding industry podcast. Today we have Tanya Pushkin on the show, and I just have to say, wow, what an incredible human being to speak with. I felt like we were both on the same level spiritually, and it was so refreshing to have a conversation with a like-minded individual. We talk about her career start in the corporate world to being in the business of love having her wedding featured in the New York Times and how that launched the next phase in her life, the aha moment when she gave up the corporate world to launch her passion project, and how manifestation tied into where she is at today. A little bit about Tanya and her business, The Vow Whisperer is a service-based business where Tanya helps couples write their vows, but in their own words, She is not the writer, but brings out everything from anecdotes, memories, obstacles, incredible moments, intentions for the future, and so much more. And collaboratively, she will craft the vows using the person's own words, which I think is super important. Additionally, Tanya coaches on public speaking, which includes enunciation, voice projection, making eye contact while reading off a vow book poise, confidence, and all the tips and tricks to make it a perfect presentation of the most intimate part of a ceremony. Tanya officiates and offers ceremony planning as well as coaches, family members, and friends who want to officiate. She also works with bridal parties on speeches and toasts. Here is my chat with Tanya. Enjoy. All right, everyone, I'm so excited to have Tanya Pushkin of The Vow Whisperer on the show today. Welcome, Tanya. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Raquel. I'm super happy to be here, especially with you. This is a really wonderful podcast that you you have, and I love listening to it. Thank you so much. I know when your team reached out to me, I was like so honored. I was like, oh my gosh. People are reaching out to me to be on this show. Like, that's incredible. And I feel like I'm such an educator and a mentor. And I feel like this podcast just really, like, allows me to do that each week. Isn't that a beautiful thing? And allows me to reach more people and have great conversations with people like you. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. So 
you have an incredible background. I was reading your bio. We just heard about it in the intro. I want to hear it from you and like give us the nitty gritty detail about how you got to where you are today and and your life journey. Life journey has taken a lot of different roads. Um, I'm originally uh, born in Brussels, Belgium. I moved to this country when I was a teenager. And uh, I went to Juilliard as an actress. I did a four-year program there. And Kevin Spacey was my roommate. Little tidbit there. Um, I had an amazing 10-year career as an actress. I was very, very lucky. And, you know, it was absolutely wonderful. But I had to change paths completely after 10 years. And I joined the corporate world doing corporate philanthropy and public relations. And that period of time just was amazing. I mean, I had literally Beyonce and Lady Gaga on speed dial. I was, I did huge projects with them and a lot of other celebrities. It was an amazing run. But then I got remarried four and a half years ago and my wedding was getting covered in the New York Times. It was one of those full page, every Sunday they, in the style section, they'll pick one wedding to do a really big story on. And then all the other weddings, little smaller stories. And mine, ours was going to be a sun, big Sunday feature. And the writer came to the wedding and I knew nothing about weddings other than this was my second one, but did, did I know anything about the wedding industry? No. <laughs> I did write most of the ceremony. My daughter officiated, and I really let her handle most of it. And my husband and I wrote our vows, but had no clue what we were doing, and clearly not because his was 11 minutes long and mine were three minutes long. So <laughs> right there, this is not how you do it. Anyway, the writer, the New York Times writer came up to me after the wedding, and she said, Tanya... I'm going to say something that I don't know what you're going to do with this information, but hear me out. I've covered hundreds and hundreds of weddings for the New York Times. I've never seen a more beautiful ceremony ever. I thought, wow, amazing. And then I went on. You know, I it was like I, I had a drink, got a glass of champagne. I didn't pay any attention to what she was saying. But she kept once a week texting me or writing to me, have you thought about what I said? Yeah, so what? Uh, you know. Cut to two months later, I quit my big, glamorous, lucrative, fabulous job, making a lot of money and having a platinum American Express card as an expense account, amazing, to starting this very niche business without a plan, without a strategy, just a crazy idea. And I've never looked back, that kind of sounds cheesy, but I've never looked back. And it's been, in a way, my calling. Mm, and I've realized that not only am I, and you too, we're in the world of love. We are, okay, we're surrounded by happy people except bridezillas when, you know, they turn into that too. But for the most part, we are surrounded by people getting married. This is such a beautiful time in their lives. And if I look at corporate life versus this, I am in a much happier, not toxic environment anymore. And I'm also full circle back to my acting days because part of what I do now is coach couples with my acting skills, with what I've learned. Because when we work on your vows, we work on the delivery of your vows. I'm teaching you acting skills. And that to me is just like, 
okay, I'm not on stage right now, but I'm getting you prepared to be on stage saying your vows. So that's sort of the journey I've been on in a nutshell. Wow. And and so how, tell us a little bit more about when that aha moment came to be. Like, what was the time frame of you got married, they've been, the New York Times writer was emailing you. I want to know, like, what was that like, you know, I'm going to do this. Like, how long was that? Only about two months, really. Okay. Um, in those two months, I don't really know what I did. I, I was so disjointed about this and I had never had my own business before. Mm-hmm. So I had no idea what to do. And my husband, who is, is his own, he has his own business, you know, very linear spreadsheet guy, antithesis of me, whatever he was telling me, I was not really listening to, <laughs> you know, so I, it took me about a, two months and talking to different people. And then what I did do in those two months, I talked to a lot of people. I actually started to do some work. I helped a couple of couple friends of mine do their vows, just, just kind of testing it out. Mm-hmm. And it's not that within two months really got anywhere. It was just sort of testing out the idea. And then I finally went, if I'm going to do this, I need to dive in. Right. And again, without any path, without any clear journey, I just dove in and then, you know, the first thing I did was start to write to wedding planners and Perfect. these cold emails, you know, without, I had no idea what I was doing. I built a stupid little website, you know, I got, you know, I started the Instagram page. It was all really like mom and pop stuff. Right. But, but I felt like it was the right thing to do. Yes. And I've never looked back every what what really makes it such an extraordinary aha moment for me is every time I read a review that I've gotten, I've actually made a huge impact on people's lives. And that to me is the biggest gift. When I read these reviews of Tanya, you changed our lives. You did, you know, all this stuff. It's like, Oh my God, I, I'm leaving behind a legacy. I've really helped people. And that, that to me is just the most amazing thing. I agree with you. I yeah. was actually uh, talking to Chris Prince of Chasing Mozart. He's a videographer. Mm. Um, his episode came out recently. And I was saying like, I'm in the business of love, like you were saying. But when I get that review, right, like a few weeks later, a month later from each couple, and it's paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs right. long. right telling me like how great the experience was working with me and how beautiful their wedding was. Like that's what I'm living for. Yep. That is my purpose. And that's yep. what keeps me going. Exactly. Changing these lives of beautiful human beings. Like I love love. I'm a helpless romantic and I get to work with couples getting married every single day. It's and- amazing. Raquel, is it not amazing when you get these paragraph after paragraph? These people put in so much time to write that review. I'm blown away every time. I have the time I start to cry. Yes, me too. Right? Yeah. It's overwhelming. And I'm so thankful for 
working with such great people. Yes. Yes. And so now you get to, you get to do it, but you're like more intimate with it in the way that like, these are their words that they're exchanging with each other or the officiant is speaking about them. You're at the core. It is is such an intimate, very deep, intensive experience doing, right, helping. I'm not the writer and I can explain the process, but whether I'm crafting a ceremony or working with vows, um, working on vows with people, whatever it is, it is very intimate. I think that, I mean, a wedding planner will always say, you know, they're part therapist. I am too. I, and and even more so sometimes we delve so deeply into stuff that doesn't even come out in the vows, mm-hmm. stuff that's too intense to come out in the vows. But right. we hit on these things because it's part of a person's journey. It's part of what makes them who they are and where they are today. It's so, yeah, it's, it's, it's an extraordinary experience to be doing this. For yeah. Sure. yeah. So take us through the process. So vows. Okay. Um, let's start with vows. It's important. And okay. So I work separately with both people because I think I really believe that it should be top, top secret until the day of the moment of. So, and I make them promise, do not discuss any of this with your future spouse. It just, it kills the joy out of, you know, the magic. So it starts with a questionnaire and it's a questionnaire that I ask them to sit with for quite a while, about four or five weeks. And the reason is because it's a working document, they will keep coming back to over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. These are questions that are very thought provocative, very self-reflective. You go back into so many moments, experiences, obstacles you've gone through together. What was the proposal like? What was it like the moment you first met when you locked eyes? What was that like? What was the time when you knew for sure you were going to spend the rest of your life with this person? How has this person made you a better person? What have they done? What is your future like? It's all of this stuff. And you can't just write this all in one fell swoop. You're just going to keep coming back to right. it and edit and delete and add and whatever it is. When you're ready and you feel you've really answered as best as you can, you send me back your answers. This is an important note. I'm not a vow writer. There are vow writers out there, not a lot, but some. And the method is totally different. I'm not saying better or worse, whatever. It's just different. With me, it's using the person's words to craft their vows. So it's a million times as authentic as can be. I don't edit. I'm not the writer who's interviewing you who will turn around and write what I think I heard, which is fine if that's what you want. But I use the person's words. And the first draft is a beginning, middle, and an end, a structured, flowing set of vows. It's the launching pad for us. Mm -hmm. It then becomes very collaborative We edit together. It goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until they're happy. And I think that the vows are good enough Mm -hmm. or perfect. Or I don't like to say perfect because I don't, there's no such thing as perfection. And I think seeking perfection sometimes is not the healthiest thing to do. Mm -hmm. But when the vows are in the best place they should be, 
Then we go into phase two, which is just as important as the words you've written. It's the delivery. Yeah. And I go back to my acting, my acting life. And on Zoom, I work with each person and we rehearse as if it's the real thing. They will profess their undying love to me on Zoom. And I coach them how to enunciate, how to make eye contact with your future, you know, how to how to use the microphone, how to project your voice properly. I catch the body language. Men, they sway a lot when they speak. Women sometimes they're twirling their hair. I catch everything. Right. Body all of that is so important. And we work together and I, I catch every little thing. And especially if they're nervous, there are people who are terrified of speaking in public. We yes. work through their nerves. Everyone's nervous. I get it. And we practice. And depending on the level of, of package you've bought with me, we practice a lot. We practice a little, whatever it is. And we, I get them completely ready, confident to stand up there and do it. And that is the vow process, the vow work. Mm -hmm. um, then crafting the ceremony, we'll move into that. Very often I officiate and I travel the world to officiate, which I love. I do it in a couple of languages. Um, I was born in Belgium, so my native language is French. I speak Spanish and German and so do that in other languages, which is great. And I work globally on the vows as well. You don't have to, I don't have to be there in person. We can do everything on Zoom and email. The officiating, which I will do all over the world and a lot in New York, which is where I'm based mm -hmm. or in, in the area, you know, the state surrounding it. But I also do a lot of coaching of family members and friends 65% of weddings now are being officiated by family members or friends. That's yes. a big number. Yes. And most of these the time, okay, so a couple is asking their uncle, their niece, their mother, whoever to officiate, or their best friends, or whoever it is. It's a huge ask. They don't even realize when you're asking Uncle Johnny, will you officiate my wedding? Uncle Johnny is freaked out. Okay. Oh yes. my God, I have to write a ceremony. And it's Googling, how do I write a ceremony? Well, they don't have to anymore. Mm -hmm. I will exactly the way I do with officiating. If I'm officiating myself, we will craft the ceremony together. It's collaborative. I believe a couple needs to be in complete control of their ceremony. Mm -hmm. So we do this together. And, you know, I find out, you know, we deep dive. What does this ceremony look like? What, it, what religion is in your life? What cultural background do you come from? Do you want to do readings and poems? How about this? How about that? All of that is very collaborative. So we so do the ceremony together, whether I'm officiating or whether... I'm coaching their family member or friend to officiate. The part that I work on that the couple is not part of with this uh, family friend or family or friend is the part after they welcome everyone, they're up there, they're saying, I'm Uncle Johnny, and I've no, known 
niece Sally since she came out of the womb and I've watched her grow up and I've watched her meet Matt and oh my God, the way they've become this amazing couple and look what he's done for her and what she's done for him, blah, blah, blah. Whatever those three or four minutes look like, mm-hmm. whatever that person wants to write about. So we work on that. And then when the ceremony is final, I'll write all the stage directions in, when to get out of the photographer's frame. Thank you so much. Thank you. I know. Remember to say, please be seated after you've said, please stand up for the <laughs> Yes. Thank you so much. And then the vows. You give her her vow book. You turn the microphone towards her. Da, 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 all the stage directions. And then we practice. And we practice as much as this person wants or needs. Mm-hmm. I get them completely ready, super ready, as if they are a professional running the ceremony Beautifully. Yes. How to do the processional, the recessional, how to work with the videographer's lapel mic, how to work with the microphone for the space, all of that stuff. They walk in there knowing exactly what to do. And it's not a free for all. They're suddenly ad libbing some crazy TMI about the couple. None of that. Yeah. I know know you know what I'm talking about. I know all of this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You're yeah. really curating not only the couple's experience and the officiant's experience, if you're not the officiant, but the guest experience yeah. listening to the ceremony yes. and enjoying it. I see so many times where guests are kind of glazing over, you know, mm. kind of staring off and mm-hmm. not solely like paying attention. And and it could be because the uncle wrote his own script and went over it a couple times and goes off on tangents and there's mm-hmm. a little cringe cringe moments in there that happen. So I really think that setting the tone with ceremony by working with you just will be amazing for the guest experience. I want those guests to walk away from those 25 minutes, 30 minutes max, no more. Thank you. <laughs> yes. We're not doing a Catholic mass in a church here. I want the guests to walk away from those 30 minutes having witnessed such a memorable, engaging, inspiring, exciting moment. Yes. They've they've dived into this couple's life. They are part of the whole experience. And when I'm officiating, I like to get the guests as involved as possible. Okay. And, you know, just... Those 30 minutes are crucial. Not only are they the beginning of your marriage, mm-hmm. they're the beginning of the wedding day, the wedding celebration. And you know what? It should be a priority. That ceremony right. is very often overlooked. It needs to be a priority because it's really the beginning of so much else. Absolutely. Yeah. Side note. I'm Mm. falling in love myself right now, and Mm. this is just getting me so excited, and I feel like crying because I'm just – I just appreciate how much you care for couples that are in love and who want to share their story, and uh, going back to when you said, like, what was it like when you first, you know, locked eyes with Mm. her or him, and I'm just like, I'm melting over here, Tanya. This is so wonderful. I'm glad. I'm glad. That's the idea. You got it. It's yeah, exactly the well, idea. I am a wedding planner. So if I didn't love love and was passionate about love right. and falling in love, I got to get out of this business. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It is a beautiful world we are in. 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I manifest every day. I think and thank the universe every single day for everything that I have. And if I do have a struggle, I, I just turn it into a project and know that I trust that everything's mm. going to be okay. That's a great mantra. Yeah. So this is this is a manifestation podcast. And mm. I know that you've been saying that what you're doing now, the vow whisper, is your calling, has been your calling. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in manifestation? Are you spiritual? Are you religious? And how does that tie into your business? Great question. I've had some some extraordinary times in my life, but I've also had some very, very difficult times, really yeah. difficult. I've had friends who've known me for a long time say, I don't know how you got through all this. And in the end, I now, okay, so something really interesting. In my vows for my second husband, I said to him that both my children had said, Mom, you are finally living the life you deserve. Every guest started to cry because they had all, they all know what I've gone through. Mm -hmm. But I really do feel that the last eight years of my life have been completely transformed. How did that happen? It's got to be the manifestation. It's got to be me telling myself every day, this will change. This will completely change and get better. Yes. And I am now, I have a gratefulness to me that I never had before. And that just comes from a lot of hard times. And believe, you know what it is to believe. You have to truly, truly believe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I am, I am spiritual. I'm, my religion is Jewish, but I was not brought up religiously. My mother was a Holocaust survivor and wow. rebelled against her religion. So we did not have that growing up. And, but I, I, dove into that religion because I marry a lot of Jewish, I do a lot of Jewish weddings Mm -hmm. where I co-officiate with rabbis. And so I do know, I have enough knowledge about my religion, but I'm much more spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I, I take it with me every day and, and I've had really, really tough times as well. And I think that when I do get married again, people are going to be like, wow, like she made it to the other side. This is her time. Wow. Yeah. And I do have a daughter as well with my first husband. So I feel you Wonderful. on this. Yeah. I totally yeah. resonate with you. And yeah. having your closest friends and family up there, like when you're getting married again and feeling that this is the right thing. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. So back into the vow whisperer. Mm. How many couples do you work with per year? It's interesting because that New York Times writer at the beginning, she said to me, after I said, okay, I'll start. I'm going to create the vow whisper, whatever. She said, Tanya, how many couples do you think you'll be able to manage? I said, oh, unlimited. (laughs) And it's interesting because for me, there is no wedding season there is for officiating, but the vows are all year long. We're working right. all year long. It doesn't matter. Six months ahead, eight months ahead, a year and a half, whatever. So it's all year. 
there are times that my roster, I'm juggling about 40 or 50 people at one time at all different levels. Right. I'm coaching one or 10. I'm working on vows with 30 couples or whatever. And it's all different timing. And so it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And do you have any help, assistance? How are you doing this? The only help I have is another officiant who went to Juilliard with me. Oh. She's also a trained actress. Oh. And she is awesome. And I love when I can give her a wedding, which is when I'm booked, I'll give her one. Right. Or if I'm away traveling, I'll give her. And she just blows it out of the water. It's wonderful to know. And she's been trained like me when we've known each other forever. Yeah. Other than that, in actually vow whispering, no, um, I, d- I don't farm it out. To- oh, okay. If a couple comes to me and it's really last minute, they're getting married in a week or two, mm-hmm. there's no time to do my method of vows. Then I say, okay, let's get a vow writer in. You're going Got to it. get interviewed. You'll have your vows in 48 hours. There, I have a person who does that who's a brilliant writer. Wow. So that that is available. Yeah. So they're really coming to you like two weeks prior. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and are sure. they coming to you directly or is this a wedding planner referring? Sometimes it's a wedding planner saying, Tanya, oh, my God, help me. Okay. And yeah. And I'll be truthful. It costs a lot more money when you're coming to me last minute like that. I've got to hire a very expensive writer. You know, you're going to get, you are going to be totally ready. And then I've got to get some practice sessions in. And I remember recently I worked with a super high end, fabulous wedding planner and it was a wedding in Tuscany. Mm. And I I had to rehearse with a bride and groom, you know, on a different time zone, but day of an hour before the wedding, we were on FaceTime practicing. It was like the only time we had. Wow. Yep. What is the ideal timeline that you would like wedding planners like myself to reach out to you? So ideally, I'd like more and more time, as as much time as possible, or not, it doesn't have to be two years. I used to say, last three months is fine. Uh, It's not about that anymore. Um, Because I think that even with having an uber amazing wedding planner like you, a couple is still stressed the last three months. Absolutely. It's seating charts. It's this, it's that last dress fitting. It's hard. So let's get this done before. I love that actually. The ceremony, come to me when you're still relaxed and chill. You have time to do this collaboration. Let's start on your vows. I will say though, we need to practice in those last couple of months. We need it to be fresh. But let's get everything done before. So if you come to me two, three, four, five months, six months, eight months, great. Mm-hmm. You know, we can do a practice early on, but we're going to want to do it closer to. And that's just literally sometimes it's only 15 minutes on Zoom. Let's let's get in one or two, you know, in there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes. So, but if we can start ahead of time, beautiful. Okay. I love yeah. that. You've got a lot of, of talent. I really, as a wedding planner, I really like your process and I love your vibe and just how calm you are and confident you are. That's what wedding planners like myself are looking for. We want to be able to refer vendors 
like you, where we're confident in their work, we know right. they're going to over deliver and create something beautiful. And, and that's the trust. And I feel like even after this recording, I'm like, okay, I trust you completely. And I would love to have you on my vendor team. I'm there, Raquel. You let me know. Let's I would love it. that. I would love that. That was that's the one thing that people tell very much they hire me because they said Tanya is so calm. We're going to yes. need we're going to need that calmness. Yes. I, and it's just it's just who I am. It's not something I pre, I pretend. I'm I'm a calm person. I'm no. Deep down inside I'm freaking out. No. <laughs> me too. Aren't we all? I, yeah. But no, but I but I do like to give as much calmness because this is not a calm period necessarily for the couple. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so after the wedding is over, are they following up with you? Are you following up with them to see how it goes? Because how do you how does it make you feel like if you're not actually at the wedding day and you actually don't get to see it happen? Are you like how how does that make you feel and and what's the follow up like? Okay, so you know what the most amazing thing to me and it blows my mind every time, literally when I get a text, they've just you're now husband and wife. They're back into the bridal suite by themselves, Tanya. Oh my god, I get a text. I'm like, no way. You're like, wait, that, what time is this? That to me, that is amazing. There are plenty of times I don't hear from them and I'll write to them how to go or I'll ask for a review or photographs later on. And, you know, then they'll gush, hopefully gush, not always, but, but when I get a text right after the ceremony or it's in the middle of the reception, I, I'm I, like, you remembered. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I yeah. know. It's the, so since I'm with them for like 15 hours, 17 right. hours. Right. it's that good morning text like we're still like loving our wedding you made it happen like thank you so much we just can't stop smiling and I'm like that's it that's it right there that's why you're doing this I'm a words of affirmation that's like my number one love language is words of affirmation and it I just it's it's when I get those reviews. It's when I get the text. It's when I mm-hmm. get the verbal day of or when I'm saying goodnight, right? And they're leaving. Right. right. And they can't stop hugging me or they start crying right. and then I start crying. And I'm like, this is this is what I live for. This is what I love. And this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Exactly. Exactly. You've yeah. met, you're making an impact on these people's lives in such a huge way. And them for me too. You right. know? Right. It really fills my cup. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, in my past life, I, I did a lot of philanthropy, running mm-hmm. philanthropy programs. And I mean, I volunteer on the side now, I, you know, in, in the wedding world, actually, I, and this is a great organization. I don't, have you heard of Vow for Girls? No. Vow for Girls is their, their biggest supporters. It's the wedding industry and it's to end child marriage. There are millions of girls age 11 being sold off to get married. Bangladesh, Africa, whatever, Texas, Texas. Yes. Anyway, so I I volunteer a lot for Val for Girls, but in my previous life, it was all about giving back. And I thought when I started this business, how am I going to give back? And it's just a natural, I don't know, I'm making an impact on people's lives, right? Yeah. 
fills us, fills our cup every day. Yeah. Some days are hard, but it's it's mm-hmm. in the end when we get confirmation that we did a good job, that we made an exactly. impact. Exactly. Exactly. Is life-changing. Exactly. Wow. So how can the listeners find you? Website is thevowwhisper.com. Perfect. Instagram, thevowwhisper.com. DM me or email Tanya at T-A-N-Y-A at thevowwhisper.com. I love it. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's such an honor to have you. I feel like you're famous. So, ah, blessing. (laughs) I don't consider myself famous, but thank you. That's made my day. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Thanks, Tanya. Thank you, Raquel. What an incredible human being I just spoke with. I feel like we were absolutely meant to connect and have this conversation And after the recording ended, we stayed on and chatted for a bit longer and got more personal with each other. And I truly just connected with Tanya and cannot wait to work with her and introduce her to my couples and just grow our relationship together. I just just want to be in like her universe and her realm. Um, She's so calm and and has such a beautiful personality and, and amazing soul. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Be sure to subscribe to the mailing list so you never miss another episode. You can go to rokeevents.com forward slash podcast. You will also get my freebie download on how to manifest the very best day. Cannot wait to meet you here again. Have a great one.